Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Howdy, 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 everybody. It is 9.06 in St. Louis. The second hour of At Your Service tonight. Dave Simons filling in, certified financial planner and just all-around nice guy. So I'm sitting in my office yesterday and uh, waiting for the decision of the Federal Reserve. If you want to get specific, it's actually the Federal Open Market Committee, or FOMC, chaired by Fed Chairman Jay Powell. Now, there are 12 voting members, and they, can you imagine the kind of power you have? 12 people, that's it. And the influence that their decisions have on all of us. And the Federal Reserve has been around more than 100 years. It was established in 1913, but there's no question that they have taken a much more active role the last 40 years. I, I go back, oh, to when Volcker was being really aggressive in raising rates significantly to choke off the after effects of the uh, inflation bug that just would not go away from the 70s and into the early 80s. Now, he didn't want to make a big name for himself. In my opinion, that sort of came with Alan Greenspan. I really believe that that guy enjoyed the spotlight and he took a central role in it. And now, really since then, the Fed has been front and center in our lives. So this is just part of the, the, the game that we play now. And about every six weeks or so, the Fed announces what they're going to do with uh, short-term interest rates. And the vast majority of time in, in history, 95% of the time, nobody pays any attention. It's no big deal. But really, the last couple of years, it has been a big deal because of this inflation that we've had that at one point a year ago hit 40-year highs. It's come down now. The Fed did not surprise anyone. I think what was surprise, if you will, if anything was a, a, a bit of a surprise, it was really they were all over the board. There was some confusion. And you could see that in the market, that once they came out and said, we're not raising rates, we're going to take a little break. First break since early 22. But we'll likely start up again in late July. Their next meeting is July 25th and 26th. We're probably going to maybe raise rates again then. 
And then we meet again in September, and we may do it again then. And so they left open the possibility of one to three more hikes after they take a break. And and I can see why investors would go, I, I don't get that. Why? E- either, either say, yeah, we're going to be done for now, and we hope we don't have to raise rates again, but we're going to leave that possibility open. Okay. Oh, okay. Or they could actually have used stronger language to say, no, well, we really think the cycle is over. I wasn't expecting that. But I could see why some people would say, well, then why did you even take a pause? If you believe that you're going to have to raise rates, that you're just doing this to kind of get everyone off your back in a way, but you're going to resurrect the rate hike cycle again in late July, why just just pull the Band-Aid off already, would you? We can take it. Raise rates again. Be done with it. And so you saw stocks initially sell off. The decision came right out a little after 1 o'clock central time yesterday. And stocks were just, yeah, they were just kind of meandering. And all of a sudden, at one point, the Dow was down more than 400 points. Boom. Didn't like what they saw. And then it started to come back up a little bit. And then overnight, last night, the futures were down. And then, boom, did we have a big jump today. That's what surprised me. There's no question. Honestly, I did not see an increase in the Dow of more than 400 points, the NASDAQ, the S&P, the bond market. Now, you would think if the Fed has signaled that they are going to most likely raise rates again after taking this little pause here in June, but they're probably not done. That was the message that Jay Powell really wanted to get across to everybody yesterday. You would think if that's the case that yields in the open market for bonds would also start to go up in anticipation of higher short-term interest rates, but it was quite the opposite. Remember, there's a reverse correlation between bond prices and bond yields. So yields went down yesterday, despite what the Fed was talking about for the future, which, which meant the bond market rallied. Bonds went up in value. It was a great day today. If you are a diversified portfolio, uh, or if you have a diversified portfolio, which you should, it was hard not to make good money today. Stocks went up. Bonds went up. It's a pretty good day. This is my opinion. I think the bond market, in a way, is calling J-Pal's bluff. I think the bond market, which is actually a little bit more sophisticated Uh, market because it's full of more institutional investors than you get in the stock market. I think the bond market's saying, uh, we're not so convinced you're going to raise another two or three times, additional times. You are going to get data coming in, economic data coming in to you guys at the Fed that's going to show this economy is slowing down enough that you can continue to take a pause. I, I don't know that that's actually going to happen, but I think that's what the bond market's betting. By the way, this whole notion that the Fed could actually start to cut rates by the end of the year because they over-tightened, they raised rates too much, I'm not buying that. I'm not of that opinion. I don't believe the Fed will actually cut rates later this year. And I think the stock market might be a little bit disappointed by that. But for now, there is no question the market wants to rally. You can feel it. I've been at this business long enough that you just get that sensation that the um, a lot of the investors who have missed this rally, and this is a a bull market rally that's occurring here. It's the it's FOMO, right? Fear of missing out, 
And it's not just individual investors. I know for a fact that the big boys, a lot of institutional managers, mutual fund managers, are now moving some cash into stocks because guess what? In a couple of weeks, the second quarter ends. And these institutional investors have to post some performance numbers. And they have to put in the prospectus and all that. They don't want to show that at June 30th, they were sitting on 20% cash. And investors are going to look at that as a potential investment opportunity and say, well, I don't want to invest with these guys. Look at this. They were sitting in all this cash or they were investing in other the wrong places of the market and they missed this recent rally. I'm not investing there. So now you're getting a lot more cash moving in to some of these stocks that have already soared and it's going to continue probably to push stocks higher. I I don't know how long live that trend can last. I think it's feasible. You can make the argument that as we sit here today, the stock market is is a little overvalued. It's not a bubble. Don't believe the fear mongering that you uh, th- that is becoming more prevalent here. You start to see these comparisons to the two thousand, you know, the late nineties with the internet bubble, and then it burst, and we had this horrible bear market from two thousand to oh two. Don't buy that. A correction here in the near term? Absolutely. I would actually welcome it. Let's get some froth, some of this froth that's built up, particularly in the AI stocks. Let's get that out a little bit. Let's get some of these newcomers, these Johnny-come-latelys who are now just piling in. It's good for a little comeuppance. It's just the way it is. And then the market can be healthy again, uh, hopefully for the rest of the year. I'm feeling positive about it, but yeah, it's probably somewhat stretched here. Now, we are seeing inflation come down. Not as fast as the Fed would like, but you may have seen the latest number. We've got 4% inflation. That's that's double what they would like. Jay Powell has been very clear. I want to see it at 2%. I think that's ridiculous. I don't think it has to be that low. And I hate the fact that the Fed believes they need to try to get the unemployment rate a little higher. I don't think you need to be that draconian. You can have low unemployment and low inflation. We've seen it before. As long as worker productivity is really solid and positive, you don't have to have employment to go up above 4% and say, good, inflation's coming down because a lot of people now can't spend money because they're unemployed. Man, that's old school way of thinking. But that's kind of where we are with this Fed, I believe, unfortunately. Uh, we'll come back and um, and talk a little bit more about this. And then I'm going to change gears and pivot to something that uh, I think is really fascinating. I'm going to give you a little hint here as we go into the break. And think about this term, white suburban women. When you hear someone refer to that phrase, who do you picture in your mind's eye? What's a white suburban woman? conservative, liberal, you know, older, younger. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to At Your Service. Dave Simon's filling in tonight. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hello there. 919 in St. Louis. At your service on KMOX. Dave Simons filling in. Host of the long-running Dollars in Cent show, used to be on every weekend for years, from 1996, I guess, till about 2011 or 12, and has been relatively part-time since then. But in the last couple of years, I'm getting to um, really enjoy myself on these uh, fill-in spots on At Your Service because I get to talk about a lot of things and not just typical investment stuff. But for now... Just a couple more comments on that, and then I want to switch to something a little political in just a second. No, don't worry. I'm not going on some political diatribe. I'm not that stupid. But um, on the investment side of things, I had just talked about the fact that we're clearly in some upward momentum. I have no idea. Was today it, and that's that's it? Or do we have another couple of months through the summer? Have no idea. But it's clear that there is a sense of investor enthusiasm that's come back in that's probably not done yet unless there's some really bad economic report that that comes out. So we'll see what happens tomorrow ahead of a three-day weekend. That's right. We uh, The markets are all closed on Monday for Juneteenth holiday. So a lot of times you will get people taking profits, a lot of big institutional investors if the market has done really well and people have made some money and you get the active traders in there, they, um, ahead of a three-day weekend, they might take some profits. I just looked at the futures, though, and the market's really not showing that it's going to open down much. The Dow shows down 50 points when the market opens. Now, that's here at 921 in St. Louis. Who knows what it's really going to look like at 830 tomorrow. But uh, I don't think that we're done yet for what it's worth. We get back to inflation real quick. This is interesting to me as I I do like to track various areas of the economy and, and products and services. What is the stubborn area of inflation? First of all, let's look at select food items. This is from a year ago. Okay, so this isn't from last month to month from a year ago. The area of food items that has the highest inflation year over year, frozen vegetables. Frozen vegetables up 19% from a year ago. At one point, it was up well over 20%. So even that has come back down a little bit. Actually sits at 18.7. Bread up 12.5% from a year ago. Baby food. Now that has been coming back down from its peak of over 15%, but it's still 10% higher from a year ago. The only major product that's actually down from 12 months ago, and it's barely down. You can almost call it flat, but that's milk. Milk is down 0.8%. How about the big ticket items? Remember when you you would go to a, a, a car dealer and you'd look on their lot and it was empty? They didn't have any inventory. All the supply chain issues, well, that is vastly improved today. 
and and prices have finally started to come down. In fact, from 12 months ago, used cars and used trucks are down 4.2% nationally from 12 months ago. Um, They're still up from where they were before we got into this inflation, but at least it's moving in the right direction. New vehicles, however, even though those prices have also slightly come down, they still remain up 4.7% from a year ago. The one that's uh, there, two that jumped out of me on the big ticket items, major appliances down 10% from a year ago. That's good. And airfares, they spiked initially when we were all allowed to come out of our homes and start living life again. But now those prices have come down as well. And airfare prices are down 13.4% from a year ago. So there you go. Switching gears, this really stuck out at me. I See, I'm fascinated by this stuff. I put my own political ideology aside. It's easy for me to do. I, I don't know why people cannot do that. Or maybe they think they are, but they're so blinded. I know I'm stepping on some toes here, but I can't help it. I just, you talk to enough people, you, you watch people being interviewed, and you realize, do you even realize what you're saying is 100% false? It's so provably false, but you live in your own world, and now you, you've convinced yourself that this is reality. And anyone who does not live in your own reality bubble is somehow part of the problem. And you're just a bunch of sheep. And I just kind of shake my head. I'm just able to put that aside and say, I'm going to look at this very dispassionately. It's easy for me to do. I guess I could have been a researcher or something. But um, I went into the break saying, what kind of image is conjured up in your brain when you hear the phrase white suburban women? For me, I, I think about years in the past when they talk about soccer moms. You know, I, I'm not, I am not a white suburban mom, so I know that I can't specifically you know, probably uh, converse well in this. However, I'm just telling you, that's what I picture. You know, the, the the women in their 30s and 40s and have kids at home, and it's the soccer moms. And then I think politically, if, if I were to ask you, okay, whatever image that you have of whatever is described by a white suburban mom, do you think they're a little conservative, very conservative? Are they on the left, moderate left? way on the left spectrum, I would have always thought center-right. That's just me. And I think there is some truth to that. But apparently that has shifted. And it seems to have started during the age of Trump. I'm not going there, folks. I give you no opinion. All right? These are just facts in a major survey that was released in the Wall Street Journal here this week. And I find the, the, the information and the data on this really fascinating because of the trends that have changed. So they were asked, if, and I don't know what qualifies as a white suburban woman. I'm reading here. It just says margin of error. Yeah, so I, I guess if you live in suburbia and you're female and you're white. I, I don't know if there was an age cutoff. I have no idea. All right? But they said, okay, who are you going to vote for in 2024? If, um, if for Congress, not president. So there are no names. It's just the party. Do you think in 2024, when you go to the ballot and look, look down line here, we're not looking at the president. We're looking at Congress, Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives. Are you think you're going to favor Democrats or Republicans? Now, overall, all women 
who were surveyed. It's almost 50-50. 34, uh, I'm sorry, 33% said definitely a Democrat. 34% said definitely Republican. So it's pretty split between on the definitely side. The other answers were probably or unsure. So I'm just wanting to focus on the definitely part. So 34% Republican, 33% um, uh, Democrat. That's overall. But when they broke it down to someone who identifies with being a white suburban mom, it's 30% Republican, definitely, 38% Democrat. I admit, I'm surprised. I would have thought maybe it's 38-30 the other way. And it might have been a few years ago. It really might have been. But that's where it is today. Now, they then got into the president part. Okay, let's go ahead and say that it is Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. And for what it's worth, I think that's what it's going to be. That's a whole other issue. But I think that's where we're heading. I really do. Even if Trump is charged, or I mean, he has been charged, but even if there's some kind of court case and he's found guilty, then they appeal. I think that he wins the primary for the GOP. I really do. I There are reasons for that I won't get into, but I do think it's going to be Donald Trump and Joe Biden, a repeat of 2020. So if that's the case, the survey says, do you plan to vote for Joe Biden or Donald Trump? Now, all women, I'm sorry, this is more than just women. Okay, this is registered voters. Okay. All people who were asked, Joe Biden got 42% on the definite side. Donald Trump got 39%. So it's, it's fairly even. Now, that's the definitely part of it. But then they broke it down. White, suburban women. 48% definitely Biden. 35% definitely Trump. Are you surprised? Maybe you're not. Maybe I'm the only guy out there going, well, I just thought maybe the old soccer mom had a little bit more of a conservative bent. This is this is just Dave speaking here, but I think there's a reason for this trending that way here recently. I do think that there are a lot of women, only because of the women I talked to, who were turned off by a lot of things that Donald Trump has said. Grab them by the, you know, that thing, that part, that, that turned off a lot of women. We know that. Um... So I think that's part of it. And I think the whole um, overturning Roe v. Wade. Even even some women who say, yeah, I typically vote Republican, I'm conservative, but I, I'm kind of pro-choice over here. So I think those two things has then made this. I, look, Republicans better understand this kind of a survey. I don't know if they really understand this and maybe they think it's too early and things can change and it's not going to be Trump and Biden anyway. Who knows who it's really going to be? So they're not worried about it. But if I am a pollster or if uh, on the Republican side or I'm a strategist, I'm saying, folks, do not miss what's happening here because these women vote. And you can see what has been turning them off. And we're in trouble in 2024, not just the White House thing, but down ballot here. Um, So that's it. Oh, one more thing, and then we'll take a break. A little bit more general in nature. What is the most important issue to you? Number one, overall, you can only pick one. Overall, all people surveyed, it's the economy, 23%. White suburban women, 24%. So it's pretty even, very even. Here's the separation. Abortion. Oh, so I just kind of answered my own question, didn't I? I'm just now looking at this for the first time. All right, well, I just answered it. 
11% of all respondents said the abortion issue is their number one issue when they go to the ballot in 2024, when they go to the voting booth. 11%. When they broke it down to white suburban women, 16%. That is a significant percentage difference. So there is something to that. Okay, I was right. So I think it has something to do with some of the language that Donald Trump has used in referring to women. And I also think it has to do with the abortion issue for a lot of women as well. Even many of those who would say, yeah, I'm kind of conservative, but not on that issue. And there you go. So um, if I'm a Republican strategist, I'm bringing this survey to the next meeting. We'll be right back. Can we say TGIF yet? No? Okay. A few more hours. We're getting there. And then for a lot of us, a three-day weekend coming up. Going to be beautiful out there. Just got a an email from my training group. We're already getting ready to do our long ride on Saturday. Man, I tell you what, I, I got to find a new training group. If any of the members of my training group are listening, nothing personal, but they're wanting to start our long bike ride at 6 a.m. I mean, come on, man. It's Saturday morning. Let a dude sleep in. I get up early Monday through Friday, as it is. We can't start at 8 or 9? <sighs> okay, I'll be there at 6. Uh, here is something else that fascinated me as I talked about um, various kinds of trends and numbers and studies. I'm just a sucker for all of that. So this one certainly caught my eye because I'm I'm a, I'm a media guy. I, that's, that's my first career, and I love that, and I... I'm a bit of a channel switcher. I, I'm a guy who, uh, even though I certainly uh, am strongly on one side of the political aisle, I do watch sometimes, not as much as I used to because it drives me crazy, and I value my mental health. Uh, but I do go back and forth, and I'll watch just to kind of see what all sides are talking about. And so this one jumped out at me. Perhaps you've seen this. MSNBC, for the first time in five years, is now ranked number one in prime time for viewership. Now, let me pause right there and say, it's nothing that MSNBC has done that all of a sudden elevated them to number one. It's what has happened at their competitors. There's no question about it. So we, you're, you're probably well aware of the fiasco and the chaos over there at CNN. And it's well known because um, there is an article. I don't know where I got this, but it talks about a lot of the uh, viewers of CNN that were already leaning left anyway. Well, if you're going to leave CNN and you're on the left, there's kind of one place to go. That's even farther left, but maybe that's still you feel you're at home with that mess NBC. So they obviously got some viewers from CNN. Then there's Fox. Look, nobody is leaving Fox, especially those who are on the far, far right side of things and going to MSNBC and go, hey, this is actually really good. I believe I like what these guys have to say. That's not happening. What happened instead of things like Tucker Carlson getting canned? They're like, yeah, no, I can't stand this anymore. I'm going to Newsmax or I'm not even going to watch cable anymore and I'm going to just follow Tucker on his new Twitter channel or whatever. So MSNBC has just been the happy recipient of uh, the chaos that has happened at their competitors, and now they're number one. I have no idea that if that will last. It might. 
CNN still remains at a distant third. Man, they've got some issues that they need to try to turn things around. I really was hoping that this Chris Licht could could do something because he, he seemed to have good intentions of trying to bring CNN back to what they were initially more than 40 years ago, and that's just a really good alternative news source to the big networks. And I remember it well. I was at Mizzou in the early 80s, and I would turn. Now, maybe I was more naive then and didn't pick up on a lot of the the, the, the leans and the slanting toward a, per, a particular political ideology. But if it did, I'm telling you, it wasn't like far left. It might have been center left. But, man, did they really go toward the left. And Chris Lick came in and said, look, I want to restore what we once were. I think Americans, for the most part, are center left and center right. They're not the extremes, but the other cable channels have the extremes. We're going to come back to what we were, and I think a lot of the moderate Americans will gladly come and revisit CNN, and glory days will be restored, and that just has not happened. So you know what I say? Go out for a walk. Go out for a run. I talked about the, the training group. We've got the long ride on Saturday. Go for a bike ride. Just sit outside. In other words, turn off the television. Turn it off, particularly with these late-night cable shows. You know they play you for suckers. Do you realize that? I hope you do. You start to believe that they're telling you the absolute truth. And the more you get sucked into their vortex, then you find yourself getting online. And you start researching other things related to that, and then you get that feedback loop. I talked about that, by the way, in the first hour, these algorithms that are created to keep feeding you similar information. You think it's just, it's it's in the middle. I'm just, all I'm doing is looking for truth, but you're not getting truth. You might be getting kernels of it, but then other opinions are layered on top of that. Then you get some mistruths. Then you get misleading information, and before you know it, you're so far gone, and you don't realize it. The way that you stop that is to take a deep breath, turn off the TV, and go enjoy life. Look, that's not a utopian thing. I'm not being naive. I'm being realistic. I do that. So I'm fascinated by this book that I just finished, which has been on the top 10 New York Times bestseller list for some time, and it's called Outlive. Have you heard of it? It's this Dr. Peter Atiyah. A-T-T-I-A. Take a look at it. One of the most fascinating books I've read in a long time. This guy is wicked, brilliant, smart. He's a doctor. His specialty is in the medical profession. But boy, does he do his research. And I've, I've listened to the podcast that he has, and there's so much information. But let me just focus on one thing. And I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but in a way I was. I, I don't know. But he said, look, let me just dumb this down for you even though it was like a 500-page book. But I'm going to compartmentalize all this for you. You want to know the number one thing, that if you did this, you have the best chance of living longer than the average life expectancy? Number one, besides something that you have no control over, which is your genetics. Outside of that, something that you can control, exercise. Exercise can even overcome bad eating habits. That's not to condone bad eating habits. What a powerful combination if you exercise and eat well. But proper exercise 
And he goes into all these studies. Look, it, it, it reduces the risk of virtually everything. Age-related disease like Alzheimer's, um, cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, what, what Atia calls the four horsemen. The, the four horsemen account for more than 80% of all deaths. I, I didn't realize that. So cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and uh, Alzheimer's slash dementia. Those four, more than 80%. Just simple exercise. Look, you don't have to be crazy. I'm a crazy man. I admit it. Do not follow my lead. You don't need to go out and train 15 hours a week and do Ironman and then run marathons. You know, my, my last marathon was uh, April 30th in Eugene, Oregon. And then a week later, I'm back here in St. Louis and I'm competing in a triathlon. I know that's ridiculous. There's an addiction. That's my own personal problem. All right. All you have to do is just go out and, and, and walk five days a week. At 30, 45 minutes, an hour is best. You have already just increased your chances of living longer just by doing that. And you can find the time. And it's not just the physical well-being. The stuff that I just talked about, sitting down and watching cable shows and getting you all riled up, getting your blood pressure up, making you upset and mad, and you get all wound up. Stop it. It's not like, well, if I don't watch it, I won't know what's going on in the world. Of course you will. There are so many other sources. I read the Wall Street Journal every morning, front to back. That's been my go-to routine for years. I'm not saying I read every single word. I'd still be reading today's edition sitting here at 944 at night. But I do scan it. In some articles, I'll read all the way through. But I get my information there. If you want to do it elsewhere, just you get a search thing like a, I don't know, a Yahoo News or whatever and just hit the headlines. Um, there's this 1440 news thing that that I also get online where they they promote themselves as we are not ideological. We're just telling you the we're just telling you the headlines of what's going on. And that's true. Get something like that. Sign up for something. Just get the headlines. You you understand what's going on. Watch the local news and just get get what's going on in your own backyard. You don't need all these opinion cable shows at night that rile you up. Get outside. Exercise, physical activity, there's no question. Look, there are a team of researchers who analyzed data on more than 650,000 adults. That is a good sample size. 650,000 adults over a decade. And they compared with those who are inactive, with those who only got about half the activity that's even recommended. And I don't even know what that is. But those who just did half the recommended amount of exercise lived on average two years. That may not sound like a lot to you. It is. And that's just minor activity. You do what's recommended. And again, it doesn't go into detail here in this thing that I'm looking at, but whatever the government recommended exercise, which is probably rather relatively light, a slight little jaw, a little walk, 4.2 years added to the average person's life versus someone who's inactive. And I'm telling you, it's not just the longevity It's your mental well-being. God created us that way. There's a reason why you feel good. That's not magic. That's the human condition. We were created with these various, you know, endorphins and how our cells work and how we're created to just feel better about life after we get done with a really good, solid workout. So you don't have to be crazy like me. Just a little modicum amount of effort 
and I'm telling you, your life will improve dramatically. That is my lesson for the day. You're welcome. All right, my friends, it is 9.50. Another way to put that, I believe, is 10 minutes till 10. See how smart I am? Uh, Yeah, it's been a great pleasure to visit with all of you tonight. My name is Dave Simons, by day a certified financial planner and head of the Simons & Cordes Wealth Management Group here in St. Louis, but occasionally filling in uh, at your service. I have no idea, by the way, when um, I'm going to be hosting the next Dollars and Cents show. You know, it's Sunday afternoon, and there aren't very many openings anymore because obviously during baseball season, the Cardinals take that spot. Oh, did I just mention that name and get depressed again? Oh, man, I've got to not think about the Cardinals for at least until tomorrow night when I will probably be heartbroken once again. So let's end on a lighthearted note tonight, shall we? Okay, I, I, I'm i a sucker for this kind of stuff when I see this, you know, Harvard-trained psychologist. If you use any of these nine phrases every day, you're more emotionally secure than most. I'm like, okay. I got to click on it. You got me. Clickbait. I got to see what these nine phrases are. So I click it. And the first one, the first one, let me think about that before I respond. Now, why, why that's interesting to me. I don't intentionally ever say that, but that's kind of my own mojo. I, I need to process things. My wife and I are a very interesting couple because we're so dynamically different in that regard. And I think every couple is like this, where you have one couple that tends to come in like the tornado and gets everything done, just like, oh my gosh, and then just hits it hard and lots of emotions flying. And then they don't understand why everyone might still be walking around with their head down three hours later. It's like, hey, what's going on? I don't know. You know, a tornado comes through the house. There's some cleanup that needs to be done. All right, I digress a little bit. But for me, one thing that my wife has had to learn about me when she lays something on me pretty thick, I now need time to process it. Don't keep piling it on. I got to, so in other words, this number one, hey, let me think about this before I respond. I just need that time. And then I'm not, I am not an emotional guy. I'm not, I'm pretty even keel. And part of that I think just comes with, you don't fly off the handle. Let me process this. So I loved it. The nine phrases show that you're emotionally secure than most. Hey, you know what? It's, it's science. It's, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. This study says that I'm very emotionally secure. Number two, I can do a better job. So these are the nine phrases that if you use them every day, or at least a number of the nine, you are more emotionally secure than most, according to a Harvard-trained psychologist. Number two is the ability to say no. No, I don't want to do that. I know you've asked me to come and help you with this, and I want to be a good friend, a good family member, a good neighbor, but I'm going to set some boundaries here, and I'm going to have to say no. I don't do that very well. I could be better at that, and I think a lot of you are probably shaking your head in agreement. Number three, um, I'm not comfortable with that. That's interesting. Now, let me jump right to number four. This is who I am, and I'm proud of it. You know what? I don't like that to be honest with you. I'm just going to say, I'm going to, I, I, people can take that too far. You know, and there are other ways to say that, you know, I just keep it real. No, you're kind of a jerk. 
That's how I read that. Number five, I think this is the hardest one. I've always said, I, to me, the number one positive quality in a human being, the one that attracts me the most to you as a friend, is humility. You show me anybody in life. I don't care what they do for a living. I don't care who they are, their walk of life, their background. If I see some humbleness there, right away, I think I can be this person's friend. So that gets us to number five, and it's a question. Am I like that? Do you know how hard that is for people? If there's any kind of constructive criticism, like, you know, sometimes you come into the office in kind of a grumpy mood, and people walk around on eggshells around you. Now, most people are like, oh, you know what? I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> no, no. If somebody says, really? Am I like that? That is a great quality, but man, is that in short abundance. And and I'll, I'll, I'll put myself there. You know, I could probably work on that a little bit more. Um, number, did I get these pages out of order? I hope I didn't. Oh, where's number six? Oh, here it is. I will work on that. That's another humble thing, isn't it? Number seven, I'm sorry you're struggling. How can I help? I love that one. That's kind of related to humility again, isn't it? Number eight, this matters to me. And I guess I'm kind of reading between the lines. I'm like, okay, what does that mean exactly? I think it gets to, you, you, you've got a sort of a solid belief system and you've got these values. And uh, if they're violated, you're going to let people know, look, you can live your life, but this is important to me. This matters to me. And I just, I just want you to know that. And the number nine, Ooh, I love this one. Uh, th- this, this should be on my bumper sticker. I will try. I do. I, I will try anything. The problem is I sometimes take it too far and I have to be successful in everything that I do. That can drive people around me who, who love me very much crazy. Because to me, nothing in life is worth going after if you're not going to give it 100%. You've got to go for it. I will try, and I will try to do my best. So there you go, folks. Let me think about that before I respond. Love it. No, I'm going to work on that. And all of it together, let's all show a little more humility. That's it, folks. Dave Simon signing off at your service tonight. Thank you so much for tuning us in here on Camo X. And have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.